Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and boy, are we ever excited to have our very first, ooh, besides Joe Bob Briggs, of course, our very first author series. That's right. Gosh dang it, gal dang it, gal dang it. We are going to do an author series here at Haunted MTL for What's Cracking, and our very first one is our very own Nicole Latrolls. That's right. I probably said this name wrong 12,000 times, but we're going to hear Nicole in a second. As soon as we hear our music, that's it. Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and boy am I excited for this new What's Cracking Author Focus Author Series, Author Spotlight, however you want to say it, that's how we're doing. And our very, 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 very first one, as far as you guys know, episode ever for this author focus is our very own... <laughs> Now I'm looking at the name. I'm getting all like, oh, okay. Don't mess this name up, man. I believe the name's N Nicole. Latrell. <laughs> yeah. Latrell. 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 Oh, Nicole Latrell. <laughs> Thank you very much for allowing me to kill your name, even though we practiced like 10 minutes straight. That's okay. We practiced the name like 10 minutes straight. I'm gonna That's go. okay. It's like Matt Grenning. Latrell. Everyone can have have his name wrong too, so. Night Rider. Who pronounces Night Rider wrong? No, I said Matt Grenning. Matt Groening? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right, Nicole Luttrell. So we have you here, and I know you have been doing a lot for the site lately, and I always appreciate it. High fives, you got some stellar work. Who puts your stuff on focus every once in a while? You do the live tweets for what was it? Was it Yellow Jackets? No, no, American Horror Story, right? American Horror Story. Yeah. Although, got some yellow jacket love, too, by the way. Nice. If I remember correctly. And you've got your own little radio series, radio show, oh, oh, oh. Season two of AA that's already appearing on our site, on Apple, on Spotify, on wherever you get your podcast from. Season two AA. Bring me into season one. First of all, what is AA besides what I should probably be in? No. T. What's AA? Uh, AA is a story about a young woman struggling in a new town uh, after a bad marriage breakup um, who tries to find a meeting. And instead of finding an AA meeting, she finds a meeting of aliens. That meeting of aliens turns into an incredible community that welcomes her and becomes the family that she needs, um, which is good timing for them because they're being hunted and disappeared by a dark government entity. Okay, so a dark entity in our government. Wait, which government? Mm, let's say the American government. The American one. Wait, so like North America? Yes. Oh, United States. I'm just, I'm just yanking you. So the American government. And how long ago was the first season of AA? Was it last year? Um, I think it was two years ago. Two years ago, you did AA come out it's 10 episodes i want to say but i'm probably wrong i always say things are 10, 10 episodes it just seems like right for me i don't know why i think it's 10 episodes is it really i oh have God, to check now hold on for once that's I was, I was like oh it must be 10 episodes like i mean six i'm like yeah whatever no so 10 episodes and they are about 10 minutes 12 minutes long right roughly nine episodes nine episodes there you go that's not bad 
nine episodes, and they're listenable in multiple. So if you haven't listened to the first series, you should do it right now. We got nine, and it's like 90 minutes right there, about more or less. Knock it out of the park, and then you'll be all set to go for the new, new series, season two. So without spoilers, what's can you tell us what season two is about? So season two is about the community becoming more aware of the other human race on earth Oh, um, and how they have been sort of negative influencing next sort of negatively influencing human lives um, forever. All these dark little pockets of like Gothic horror and small towns of like, Places that people don't want to go to and like haunted abandoned malls and diners you don't want to be in at night. All of these Detroit. things tend to be because of the Avonbeer. Oh, I think that was uh, something we used to drink in high school. Avonbeer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a low percent alcohol, though. I don't know if I like it anymore. <laughs> so the Avonbeer? Who are they? Just without that- spoilers. Uh, the Avonbeer. Well, you you should, uh, if you've listened to the first season, then you'll know about the Avonbeer. Um, they are another race of. They're a humanoid society that evolved alongside humans, but in the shadows. This is where I have to admit I was in the first season. I think I was. I was in the first season, right? Yes. Yes. Good for were. me. I was in season one, and I, I don't remember the Avonbeer. I might have just read my lines. I don't know. I remember watching it or listening to like, you know, we all did a listen through and I do remember parts of it. So these are the things that if you have a memory like me, you might want to spend, you know, the pandemic happened basically, uh, more or less, right? It was two years ago and it's like the edge of the pandemic and then we just kept going through it. So if you have a memory like me, why don't you break that season one out? crack it open, revisit it. It's a quick little revisit. It's a fun one. And you can be then caught up. Do we need season one before I say this? Do we need season one to get to season two? Can you just jump straight into season two? It's better to listen to season one first. Season one. Serials. There you go. Um, yeah, I know what I'm talking about once in a while. Because um, part of it is going to involve learning about Josie and the community and the community members and Stevie, who's the you know the secondary lead um and how she's interacted with Josie so far and how they interact with the Avonbeer and with of course the the MIG the government group nice and i do understand i do realize i do believe and do correct me if i'm wrong you had to recast some people ooh i did ooh we're going to get a little dirty here right now so when you're recasting someone that's already because it's voice acting right do you go for people who sound similar or is it kind of like you're just going to reinvent and go? Thankfully, one of the major people we did have to recast was Stevie in the first season. Um, okay. Bam. The the original actress you know, did a fine job, um, but she's not able to finish the project. And so we had to go back and rerun all of her lines um, with the wow. actress Maddie who was just a phenomenal job that ended up being a blessing in disguise because she did just really a great job. Wow. You know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't know that. You guys redid all the lines for Stevie mm-hmm. for season one. Holy crow. Now, what do I don't remember? You guys are like rewriting history. 
Jeez, my mind's got to catch up a bit. I'm a very, I'm a very old bear. Now, so that was one of the things I was asking about. And you, geez, you really like, I'm going to take it all out for season one, redo it. Nicely done. How do you write these? I assume you write so, them. Uh, so that was actually a bit of a learning curve. Um, I'm originally a novelist and with a little bit of a journalistic background. So learning to write a script was totally new. I read a bunch of scripts first to kind of understand how right. you tell a story with just dialogue. And anyone who visits Haunted MTL knows I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I review them all the time. I listen to them. Old Gods of Appalachia, The Black Tapes, Limetown. You have one of your hit podcasts from Haunted MTL from the long time ago, Machines, The Off the Bone. I'm saying the record. Off, off the, the bone. bone, yeah. Okay. Off the Bone. I know what I have. Off the bone. So like AA was not your first podcast. AA was not even a podcast in my mind. It's like a, a radio drama back from back in the day. So you actually got some podcast experiencing before you did AA. Did that help? Not really. No. Why not? Uh, it's totally, totally different. Um, really? Off the bone, yes. Off the bone was a lot of fun, um, but it was nonfiction. Right. It was, you know, here is True this crime. story that we, you know, you might not know this story, but you probably know a story that was inspired by this. Um, like Shanda Sharar, um, that was Number a terrible, right terrible thing that inspired some really interesting art. And of course, everyone knows Ed Gein and the fact that the Texas Chainsaw mm. Massacre was based on on his very sad story. Um, so that was Poor basically it was writing. It really was. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah. murdered a bunch of people but besides that part everyone's yeah, got mistakes yeah there was also everyone's got something there of, like lady bits in his house so lady bits oh wait that's ladybugs i'm thinking like wait a minute you can't say that in the air lady bits I'm sorry. do you need to cut that <laughs> no i'm kidding you can say lady bits around jeez jeez we already had our we already had our f-bomb virginity bop this year so so, okay, we got Lady Bits, and I see where you're doing for your journalistic background kind of kicked in more for Off the Bone, and then you have to lean into something that's more scripted, and Off the Bone is you and J.M. Brannick, which I do believe I might be doing a podcast with, the Stream and Demons one, and you have just you two, and then, you know, you, you rock and roll from there, but for AA, you have to wrangle cats, over different time zones. Over different times, right? Yeah. There, I have it. Over different time zones, so sometimes really different. Mm. Like if I remember correctly, it's like somewhere like not even continental United States. Thankfully, I don't think we, we've had anyone outside of the the continent, but it it was definitely difficult working with everyone's time because, of course, yes. this is not. I mean, everyone has at least one full time job. So we were recording at all kinds of weird hours, and I was recording the same scene five different times with every different actor, then pasting it together, then mm. adding in sound effects. And I'm learning sound effects is, are part of the storytelling all by themselves. Yeah. So it's just an extra la layer of creativity into the story that is both fascinating to explore and a huge pain in the ass. See, baby crying. That we even got these. Uh -huh. See, now side effects come a long way. We just press buttons. But when Nicole was doing it, uh, 
Yeah, we didn't have no button machines. So I'm guessing you had to, I probably didn't give you access to this button machine yet. So you probably had to find the perfect sound effect like the Foley work, just like perfect effect, lace it, do the background, do this, layer that in there. It, it's not as easy as people think. When you, when you hear one recorded structure, for streaming demons, I would just keep dropping in Who things like, as we go along. It's just button push, we move on for lives. But for an actual radio production, you really have to set the mood. And that's why I think you do really well with AA uh, season one and season two, which came out this week, right? Yeah, the first two episodes came out last Tuesday. So. Last Tuesday. And then our, our website took a shit. So, yeah. <laughs> our website took a <laughs> there. <laughs> Sorry. Bleep <laughs> myself on that one. So, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the second season of AA, it's in motion hosting. Blame them. Blame them for a bit. 99.9% chance is up. That 1%, that 0.01%, they just bring it down. So AA, go listen to it right now. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on our website. It's on Amazon. Don't don't use it. If Amazon, if I don't, I'm just not personally in one's bubbles, you have to pay for an Amazon. It's really weird. And no, no one gets a cut, by the way, when you're actually buying podcasts at Amazon to listen to it. No one gets a cut but Amazon. In case you guys are wondering. Yeah. So this is what you're doing for podcasting. Now, what are you doing for writing? Writing. What's your new novels? See it plural. Novels. Uh, see it plural, plural again. Uh, right now, I am working on the latest in the Station 86 series. Station 86. Uh, uh, can I say the title? Yeah. Yeah, the title. Yeah, you, you know the title. It's Nova, right? Nova, yeah. Okay. Whew, thank God. I got the pitch. I'm reading the title off as a picture in my mind. So I hope I got right. Like, it's Nova, right? I'm I'm reading it. I enjoyed it so far. You gave me the advance. How 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 advanced copy is this? I'm reading. I mean, that's not even an arc yet. That's a beta read. Pre arc. Um, okay, got it. It is right now scheduled to come out mid January. Um, wow. And just like the rest of the series, it'll come out episodically on my website first. Cool. Um. Good idea. So. I was, I was going to ask how you put your stories out. So when you're getting the idea for your novels, does the idea come first or does you just like sit down, start writing and then like draft it out as, and hopefully something pops up? How do you write? How do you write? It depends. Um, with AA, it started out as a short story. Um, I just wanted to say, well, what would be the weirdest way to run into aliens in our society? Um, Neverland Ranch. Oh, I'm well, sorry. That's the most... <laughs> Devastating way. My bad. Sorry. My bad. Forgot. Allegedly. Um, <clears throat> so short yeah, story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, started out as a short story that was with my previous publisher, whose name I'm not going to say. Is it Candyman? Um, oh, I said it. Just, I'd say it two more times. He comes behind me. I should stop saying it then. Now, we, we, all, we always have that. Like, when you're starting out, for those of you who started running... And you're thinking you're gonna make a bazillion dollars straight off? No, uh, for, straight off. I believe it was the author Douglas Cowie who said, "Don't go with this first publisher that rubs your belly." And no truer words have been spoken, in my opinion. Sometimes you have to really do those contracts. Sometimes first publishers mean well and they just fold up. So we won't go into much. But if you want to go into as much as you want to on that. You said your first publisher, so you have a second one now, or what's happening? 
Um, I am looking for a new publisher for future works. Um, the books that had been with my previous publisher, I'm going to be self-publishing myself in the coming year. Right. So. I'm glad you got the rights because I know a lot of people felt the very first publishing contract and sometimes even beyond that. They do the whole signing the rights of all time away. They basically, it's just, here's my rights forever for all media forever and ever, even future ones. And it's usually a big no-no. Like, But there's not a lot of classes for authors. There is one soon on my website, by the way. There's not a lot of classes for authors. So I think you having the cognizance to maintain your rights is important. What would you tell other writers as they go up for publication? Like, what are the pitfalls? Like, for me, that's a huge one. Make sure you have your own rights. What, yeah, what are your pitfalls? When I first published my my first book, um, Broken Patterns, I was so enthralled by the fact that it was a reputable small press mm -hmm. that I did not take a moment to take a look at the products that they were putting out. Ooh. A lot of what they were putting out were poor covers and not my genre. Um, they did a lot of romance. Big. And so earlier this year, they purged a lot of their authors that didn't write romance. Um, they used an argument that we had not been promoting our books enough. Anyone who follows on me on anyone who follows me on social media knows I talk about woven all the time. Yeah, no, for real. You you do our social media here. And you yeah, promote so everything. Kind of a, a big thing for me. Um, yeah. I was definitely not not promoting my backlog. Um, which even if you weren't, even if you weren't, you're the author, they're the publisher. They need to do some sort of, I mean, I, I know we were publishers too, like Haunted MTL LLC is a publisher. And I promote just by saying, Hey, we promote stuff. <laughs> Fuck me. But I would never cut someone for not promoting stuff. That's bizarre. That, There's just, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of young and new writers have to understand right off the bat rip this bandaid off right now. No one is ever going to promote your book as much as you do, unless you are Danielle Valentine or Stephen King. I don't care if you're being published by Putnam. I don't care who's publishing you. No one's going to promote your book as much as you do. And the big companies don't have any more time or frankly interest in promoting your book than the small companies do. That is on the author. That I agree with you hundred percent. That's one of the things I like to put out there as well. It is, I liken to, I liken it to this. I like Girl Scout cookies. I, I live somewhere else where they don't have Girl Scout cookies anymore, unfortunately. So I'm like, I'm kind of jonesing for some. I love Girl Scout cookies, to be honest. Thin mints and like the the coconut ones are kind of cool as small ones, I think. And if you like scaling Girl Scout cookies, that's a special skill. You can sell Girl Scout cookies. That's awesome. But you're really selling cookies, right? That's not, that's not the hardest thing to do in the world. But for selling books, you're selling the box. Not with the cookies, just the empty box. And inside that box is another box of nothing. So that's what selling a book is. You're going like, hi, you don't know me. I have this thing. I would like to sell it to you. I don't know any of you. Maybe I'm a mailing list. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm building an audience. Maybe I'm not. Maybe you, you saw me somewhere else. Maybe you didn't. Please buy my, like, give up your money and, to me, but mostly to Amazon or Ingram, whoever you use, because the author gets only like a small sliver and take a chance. 
hopefully you like it. That's why it's really difficult. It's a difficult world, but you have to promote because as you said, like whatever, Penguin, Random House, they don't give a F. They don't care. They're making their money off the people that are already established. Like kind of like the self-propagate their own PR. And everyone else, they're just kind of doing like, if it makes, cool. If it doesn't, who cares? We're not putting money into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the, for the new authors. I like that advice. What else? What else do you got? So they dropped you allegedly for not promoting, which is bizarre. It doesn't cost them anything. Arguably, if you're like accounting, like they would have to see how many times you sold your book sold and give you a percentage of it. But that's about it. They're, they don't like print out 12,000 copies and keep them in their basement somewhere. It's probably on printed demand on this point anyways, or eBooks. Mm-hmm. Like there's no cost. There's no cost. But I, I think that's another thing that you hit on the head was going there and do your due diligence, see what kind of books they sell. Is it like your book? Cool. If not, be worried. And mm-hmm. you said the covers were kind of iffy. Want to go into that? Yeah, I wasn't. And I, I hate to disparage them because, again, I was, I was a young, foolish writer. And so I, I signed off on these covers. So right. I have some blame for it. But in yeah. looking at the covers for Woven and in looking at the covers for Station 86, which I self-published, and the, the first two books, I hired an indie artist to do the covers for me. Yeah. And they're amazing. And when I relaunch Woven, those covers are going to be amazing. Um, because I put the time and effort into it myself. Honestly, there is no shame in indie writing anymore. No, And in a lot of times, it can work out a lot better for you. You have a lot more control, but you better like things other than writing. So. You have to like the eating your vegetables part. Mm-hmm. Unless you're vegetarian, they have to like eating the meat, I guess. I don't know. Like you, you find an analogy that works for you. Whatever you hate doing, that's what you have to start doing. And that's that's it. I, I believe it hit on your head. Now, I have a question. You said... For your new one, you're putting out a serial, so the first couple of chapters are going chapter by chapter free on your website. What's your website address? Uh, it is paperbeatsworld.com. Paperbeatsworld.com. We will drop that link into our podcast. People actually can click on podcast or not. I'm not sure. But paper, I paid so much to that. <laughs> if you can see my PayPal address, oh my God, the statements. Uh we have this, right? We, we've got this. You're putting it out there. Are you also going to put out the chapters of Woven like that too? No. No, Why Woven and I are going to go out as a normal series. Normal um, series? Will you, will you put the first chapter of your new stuff at the end of Woven? You understand what I'm saying? Is mm-hmm. it a tie-in to the PR launching of it? Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, and the first, the first three, ep- first three chapters of all of my books are always available on uh, Paper Beats World. Nice, perfect. Now, when you deliver these, are you using like WooCommerce or how are you delivering them? Um, so I go through Smashwords first, okay, and Ingram Sparks. Um, they are available on Amazon, but they are not Amazon exclusive, which is why you will not find them on Amazon KDP. Right. And for people that don't know Amazon, if you want to get the, the Kindle extended read or the KDP program, whatever you have to say it's exclusive to Amazon 
And Amazon, I think the exclusivity is a couple months or something like that. But it kind of does kill your opportunity to go anywhere, like anywhere else. So even if you have your own website, I remember having early on uh, Amazon, we had a, a deal and something like, we're going to use them exclusive, whatever it is. And then through someone else, we're being sold at Walmart. And we don't get to, kind of, like if Walmart puts us on sale, it's not me putting my stuff on sale at Walmart. It's like Walmart putting my stuff on sale. And Amazon gave me a nasty letter. It's like, it has to be the lowest price on Amazon ever. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't, what the fuck? Like where? Walmart in Wyoming? How the fuck? Why am I supposed to know this? Like really? Like you guys are, okay, fine. Uh, uh, mark it down, I guess. What do you want? My permission? It's the contract's the contract. So by not being exclusive of Amazon, you're kind of missing those headaches. Amazon's still a big, big, big publisher, but at the same time, you get more control. I, I think the publisher, the non-publisher, the, the distributor. But I think you get more control by going out. So good for you. I like that idea. And I'm going to ask you to do Smash Worlds. I think they, Smash Worlds, Smash Words. I think draft to digital bought them or they bought draft to digital recently. Yeah, they were purchased by draft to digital. Okay. And I know they're kind of merging together. So these are all things that if you are a new author starting out, go investigate. As Nicole said, if this was 20 years ago, Oh, you're an indie publisher. You know, you're, you're a self-publisher. Oh my God. Oh, what a loser. It's not like that anymore. It's, it's sometimes the most sensical thing you can do for your work. Cause a lot of times publishers will try to make it their own voice or make it their own style. And you have to have some fighting. And especially now, if they're not putting any marketing behind you, why do you need them? Editing? You can pay for an editor. No, you, you need to pay for an editor, by the way. So good for you. Uh, smash those old, 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 old prejudices about self-publishing. I'm glad to hear that. I'll support that. We have another guest or two coming up, and I'm pretty sure they put out their own stuff. I've seen people. Did you ever think about kickstarting your books? Or doing like the Indiegogo, wherever it is nowadays. Um, that's something I have been looking into um, for Woven, um, because again, I would like to redo all the covers, right, um, and put them out in a more in a better format than they have been. Because um, I know there was a readership with them, and I think that the fans would appreciate having a better version, and I think it can just be a better product because uh, it's a good story. So. I, I appreciate, I mean, this is a lot of things that I know you are actually the first one recording, but I did some pre-interviews with other people. Spoiler alert, a lot of people will echo what you just said. It's the the first covers you're like, oh, fuck. I, I remember my first cover. Do I have my books here? Probably not, somewhere. The first cover, it's a cartoon. Like, what the fuck? How does this get greenlit? Uh, again, as an author or co-author of my part, you become comparable by saying like, sure. But at the same time, they're not showing like these, all these brilliant things, you know, back in the day, it was kind of like, you get red or green, which one do you want? Uh, the green one, I guess, what the fuck? So you're relaunching, you're redoing it. Are you editing or are you sprucing up any of the text because you became a stronger writer since you start, first started? Or is it gonna be a pure relaunch with just a new cover? Well, the one thing I will say it, about my previous publisher um, is that they did do the editing. The editing was pretty good. Nice. Um, so 
while I probably could go back and rewrite the whole series, yeah, that seems like purgatory to me. <laughs> yeah, no, especially it's not even like a book; it's the entire series for you, right? Yeah, it's it's four books. Yeah. Like I don't. Oh my gosh! I don't no. want to go back and and they're long. Yeah, no, books. like no, no. Update the cover. Yeah. <laughs> put put it forward on if you want to. <laughs> Update the cover. <laughs> Do some back matter stuff to it. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's exciting. That's exciting. Now, with your creative process, do you have a schedule you keep? It's like, okay, this is Monday morning, 5 a.m. Oh, I'm writing. Do you have a schedule like that? Or do you just like whenever you can or what? So I try to do at least an hour of writing five days a week. Nice. Um, Good for you. One day a week I devote, it's usually one of my days off. Um, it's today. Um, I devote to doing the business side of things, the promoting, the making promotional content, the submitting short stories, the redesigning, like if I put a planner up or something like that, redesigning it, things like that. Those things usually take up a whole day. Um, Or right now, editing audio. Um, And then one day I do nothing. Just nothing. Clean my house and do nothing. Right, you need to decompress. There has to be some kind of balance. You can't go, 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 go because you're going to burn out. It has to be some sort of balance in your. your and sometimes the, the best idea is coming when you're doing balance, and and your mind just kind of catches up with the rest of your life. Now, you said you're doing some PR marketing designs. I'm going to show you. You probably saw one of these. We've done postcards with the QR codes. Like one goes to the book on Amazon, one goes to a, a Google Drive. So that's the back matter and back. My, my microphone's going away. That's the back matter and back, the QR codes, and then the front cover of the book is the front of the postcard. You're not going to send these postcards out. That's that's not the point of them. But you give them to, to gift bags. You put them out. It's like they're like small flyers. Are you thinking about doing something like that, like physical copies of a postcard where people can then zoom the ZR, ZR code, the QR code? ZR code's coming out next, kids. Next year, ZR codes. The whole new thing. The QR codes, are you doing it more old school? What's what's your marketing strategy? Um, a lot of marketing is social media, um, social media, which has been a fun journey this past year. <laughs> um, transitioning bad. entirely Jesus. off of Twitter and away from it. <laughs> and, uh, I can't tell me how many, like, fucking, every time I would, uh, Twitter, what the shit, man. Yeah, or X, what are they calling themselves nowadays, right? Yeah. As, as an aside, for anyone who's listening to this who does enjoy the the live tweets uh, I did for American Horror Story, I'm still doing them this year. I'm doing them on Thread instead. Th- threads, yes. We we tried Threads out for the last drive-in, one of their episodes, and I I do miss the hashtagging. But beyond that, I like the experience of community better on Threads. It seemed happier. Versus like Twitter just seemed like, I don't know, like you're, everyone was just imprisoned. It's like people had to do it. Like, oh man, we, we have to be on Twitter right now. Versus Threads, you're just still discovering what is new on Threads. And who who knew that when we say Meta will be the better of two companies? Yeah. Like I wouldn't take, I would not have taken that back a couple years ago. But yeah, we get it. Social media. I okay. I had to create a TikTok account. Haunted MTL actually has one too, but I had to create one for uh, 
my, my, my book. I'm not going to plug my book right now, but, and that's the most awkward thing is to make videos for your promotions, especially to TikTok and Instagram. I know you use Instagram. Are you also on TikTok though? I am not. Um, that feels very out of my depth. So I have found that social media works best for me when I want to use it, when I'm excited okay. to use it. Okay. Um, so Instagram works very well for me because I enjoy Instagram. Uh, Thread works well for me because I enjoy being on Thread and I'm communicating with people. Right. Of all things, Pinterest works really well for me. Uh, <laughs> I have more followers on Pinterest than anywhere. You're not the first author who says Pinterest. At the point I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Pinterest. Do I need to start doing a Pinterest account now? Uh, why do you, okay, why Pinterest? Because I need to know. I, I, I see Pinterest like, oh, it's like, it's supposed to be like pictures and recipes, right? What the, am I missing something on Pinterest? Uh, I'll be honest, Pinterest is kind of what led me to witchcraft. So I think people are underestimating. Gateway drug. Damn Yeah. Gateway theology. I was Fuck on it. Pinterest looking at fantasy novels and they're like, hey, here's a sigil you can try. <laughs> So, dramatically underestimating what Pinterest can teach you. Okay, uh, write down Pinterest down and try it out. And everyone's going to be like, Pinterest, Pinterest, got it. I'm going to try that out. Now, what are your handles? What are your social handles on these um, things? Everywhere, I am Nicole C. Luttrell. Um, Nicole C. Luttrell. All one word, right? Or the like, dots between, like Nicole.C.Luttrell. Uh, no, it's all one word. Okay. Um, I'm actually just double checking that on Instagram to right N-I-C-O-L-E, now. N i c o l e, the letter c, l u t t r e l l. And actually, ironic, it's Nicole C. Luttrell eighty six. Eighty six for Pinterest. For uh, no on Instagram. Oh, and on Instagram, like there's like eighty six other Nicole C. Luttrells on Pinterest. That's no, oh, come on. No, no, the eighty six is for the book and also my birth year. Oh fuck me. I mean, sorry. I just forget how young people are. <laughs> Sorry, I was like eighty-six. Like that's, that's, that's not the birth year, is it? Oh, it is. Okay, it, it is. It is. Um, oh, oh, well, good for you, whippersnappers. That's <laughs> why you're on Pinterest, and I'm like trying to figure out Facebook still. Dang it, dang it. Do you use Facebook, by the way? I'm wondering. Nope. So you got Pinterest, you got Twitter. Well, you know, sort of, and you got uh, Threads, and you got Instagram, but not. TikTok, because apparently you don't want China to know where you are. And you do you have Facebook? No, but I am on Mastodon. How is Mastodon? It's quiet. Yeah, it's like a graveyard. Every time I try, I'm like, oh, maybe it's just not doing something right. But it's just quiet then, right? Yeah, the writing community is really strong. I, I yeah. would definitely advise if you are a young writer, like Mastodon is a great place to meet other writers and other indie writers, right. which is, you were asking about writing advice earlier. Aside from don't ever trust a publishing company because they are not your friends. Um, do trust your fellow writers. Do reach out to your fellow writers. Do make friends with other writers. Yeah. Um, because there seems to be this understanding in the writing community that once you hook a, write, a, a reader, they're readers forever. So even people who start out on books that you don't like or that you would never pick up, they're going to be readers forever so every person who could be interested in one book even if it's a shitty book like twilight they're readers for life and so if someone else is successful they're going to draw a new person into the fold you know what? I, a, I agree but b 
I think Twilight gets a bad rap. I think they had good book covers for Twilight. The so covers are, the original the ones are fine. The original covers for Twilight, the, the like the chess pieces, they were they were kind of good. Yeah, the covers are fine. Yeah, that was it. That's all. That, that's all the compliment we need to give. <laughs> you know, honestly, gosh, but this thing, if Twilight makes you read, fucking rock Twilight out. Get that sparkly vampire on. Exactly. Socks off. That's what gets you going. But we exactly. all have something. We all have something, and that's and that's why if you talk to more writers. And they will even give you horror stories. I know we went, Haunted MTL was at Gen Con for a couple of years. Our first seminar was on bad contracts for writing. And the next one was query letters. And this next, the, the one we just did was underrepresented voices in horror or how to get more underrepresented voices out there. And one of the things to underline all of that was, you meet a writer, there's some people like, you look familiar. I'm like, wow, I probably met like four or five years ago, like once, maybe. But people do take interest. And it's okay to ask writers for help. It's okay to ask them, I'm giving this my advice to myself right now. It's okay to ask other writers for blur- book blurbs, like little author quotes for the back of your book. It's okay to ask them for that. <laughs> what, what was the one piece of advice, if you can give you're starting out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the birthday no more. If you when you were starting out as a as a kid starting to write before you got your first book done, like just starting out to venture in this, what was one piece of advice you wish you would receive about writing? Aside from the don't trust your editor or don't trust your publishers, but do trust your fellow writers. Yes. Besides that one. Besides that one. Um. Like before you even get to publication land. Okay. You need to like what you write. You need to write what you want to write, even if you think it's weird, even if you think it's dumb. My favorite book that I have written so far was based entirely on what I wanted to write. I wrote Quite Apocalypse because I was just getting started on my witchy journey and I wanted to write a witch main character. And I've always loved haunted houses. So I wanted to write a witch dealing with a haunted house. And so that's that's what I wrote and I loved it and it was a ton of fun and it's been a pretty popular book, but I didn't write it thinking, Oh, I think this will be super popular. I wrote it because I wanted to read that kind of story. Yeah. I think you hit it right there. Make the art is like, be the change you want to see in the world. Okay. That's cool. But make the art you want to see in the world. There's no excuse. If you're saying I want, I wish someone write this story. Like you are someone. You write that story, young young whippersnappers. You do it. Don't worry about commercialism later. Yes, it should be a business. Yes, you should get some money from it. But really write what you want to because eventually when it comes down to it, there's more people like you in the world than you think. And they will buy it as well. They want to see it as well. And that helps you find your own community too. I dig that. So, Nicole... Thank you very much for all your time. You can find Nicole at Paper Beats, Paper Beats World, Beats plural, right? Right, like like raw paper scissors, but Paper Beats World. Paperbeatsworld.com, where you're going to check out all of her, all of her books coming back in. And the new ones coming now with Nova. And of course, 
the super popular, starting when it's get as hot, 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 season two of AA, not the thing your uncle goes to complains about, but the thing you're going to listen to and love. AA is on Apple Podcasts, it's on hauntedmpl.com, it's on Spotify, it's on iHeartRadio, it's on YouTube. Check out the YouTube. It's kind of fun. All that and more. Check it out. Keep checking it out. I gotta say, thanks for thanks for coming over. And that's what's cracking. I'm still going for a catchphrase. All right, bye everyone. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks.